collective farming didn't work. That's a pretty broad statement, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be asked to uh, to defend it, and, uh, and I think I can. So we'll we'll see how I do with this. The, the idea of collective farming is something like when you have like just a peasant farm, or even you know like a kulak who is a, just a peasant that has other, a couple of peasants working for him. That that sort of a uh, of farming that doesn't take care of, of uh, economies of scale, like, you know, wheat combines, like, I don't know, a million dollars or something, let's just say. It's a very expensive piece of equipment. At, and I've seen them here in West Texas doing, like, uh, just one, one farm... Uh, and, you know, they do, they still bring like six combines. I guess that's like that's how many they have or something. And then they just come in over, they were done in in a few hours and they took away truck after truck after truck of grain. And you just can't, a peasant just can't do that. So collective farms were instituted on the idea that uh, it, it, it was necessary to have central planning and large organizations um, that would control large areas of land in order to be able to, uh, to efficiently harvest large amounts of uh, grains especially. And so by uh, government programs were instituted to take the land away from the small farmer and put it in the hands of these collectives. Now, the problem with the uh, collectives was that they had these large bureaucracies and as you go layer after layer after layer of bureaucracy, uh, building up a pyramid toward, uh, you know, uh, some, somebody far, far away who is in the, uh, the office where all the decisions get made, that the practicality of the decisions that are made slips away at a kind of a detail level where um, eventually it gets to where the people that are running the collective farm are people who have succeeded yeah in the party organization and the government and whatever but what they're not is people who uh, understand much of anything about farming. And so uh, eventually by, by being completely removed from what's going on, they get these unrealistic ideas and they set unrealistic goals. And then the people down at the bottom uh, find that they have a, a very one-way sort of communication that's it's like when you get an email from 
one of these companies and it says, ta-da-da-da, you have to do this, you have to do that, just do the other thing, we're announcing this, blah, 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 blah. And don't respond to this email because we don't monitor this box. We only talk, we don't listen. And that's pretty much what happened with these bureaucracies that ran the corporate farms. There was no listening down, and so they really didn't know what was going on on the farm. And then they made these unrealistic decisions, but you had to comply with them. And so people rushed to comply with them, and less and less did it matter whether the decisions were rational. In fact, the decisions were more or less expected to be irrational. But it doesn't matter how crazy what they're doing is, they're the boss and you're the serf and you just have to do what they say. And for that reason, collective farming had uh, really a lot lower production rates than the uh, what would seem to have been the more uh, sensible system of uh, the farms being run by people who lived on the land and who went out every morning with their coffee cup in their hand and looked at the crop and smelled the ground and looked at the sky and thought about the weather and chewed on a piece of the wheat to see how the kernels were developing. Uh, and those people just, uh, collective farming just pushed them out of business. And so things were taken over where varieties were grown that the people doing the planting knew that they weren't good varieties. Uh, if they made their own bread out of it, they knew that the wheat wasn't really that good. And uh, there wasn't anything like the, the old trading around thing and vegetable gardens and, you know, uh, when I have zucchinis, I give them away and, uh, you know, this, uh, this other guy has a dairy farm and when he's got too much milk, you know, then he maybe gives me a couple gallons and stuff like that. None of that, that, that wasn't going on. It was, you know, the dairy had a thousand cattle and it was run by a company that dumps the milk down the sewer if it can't uh if, you know but it has to meet the quota it has to be shipped at the right time to the to the right plant to be treated and made into the right thing and all these decisions have been made ahead of time and, that, and none of them can be varied so anytime there's a change uh, the system is like, well, we're an absolutely rigid system. We don't listen to our email, so, you know, it just throw everything away. Just throw it away. And then came the critics. And we said, we don't think getting rid of, of, uh, of family farming in America was a good idea after all. We don't think the government should have stacked the deck against the small farms and turned everything over to giant corporations. We think that was a bad call. We don't think that companies that have no 
responsibility to people they don't even know should be deciding what those people eat and how much of some contaminant can go in their food and it'll be okay and nobody can tell them different. And a whole bunch of things like that. But there's a giant bureaucracy and it's still there. The thing is that the bureaucracy and these collective farms that I've been talking about the whole time here are not like the collective farms in the Soviet Union, in which case people who were kind of sort of elected in the sense that they did, the Communist Party did, uh, you know, have some uh, upward pressure from the People's Soviet of this place and that place and the other. The American system, uh, there is no input from the workers. The, the workers just don't count. And uh, I've come to think that the, that the way to deal with this is you need a certain amount of scale in order to be able to afford, for instance, if you're in wheat, you have to be able to afford at least one combine, if not probably two or three. And so you need to accumulate the savings of a few people probably to be able to afford to do it. Or in the alternative, you have farmers and you could have say one uh, worker cooperative that owns several farms and then maybe they contract with another worker cooperative that owns the combines. And uh, it doesn't have to be the same people. You know, the combining is not something that you need to uh, to have an intimate connection with the crop for, I, you know, you just, you, you, it's, a, it's about the machines and you run along and you don't even have to know what variety of wheat you're harvesting as long as you keep the machine going right and the grain's coming out okay. So <clears throat> these things can be done without the giant corporation, and that's the way they should be. In other words, I'm a critic of the capitalist system of agriculture in which everything is run by a corporation who has nobody elected. And I think it has to be changed. <laughs>